0: Great to be here on this Thursday, Kevin, BJ, and Ben. Glad you're making us a part of your day. So much to get to here on the show. Uh, here in Hour 1, we'll hear from New Scruggs, Sports, NBC Sports, Dallas, excuse me, Fort Worth. Uh, he will join us. Also, Dave Smith, the Mighty Year 1090, ESPN Radio SoCal. Uh, he will join us. And we'll talk about the Rams and look at uh, the Rams playing at home, but in the visiting locker room uh, for uh, the Super Bowl. So he'll join us. Uh, we'll talk some NFL and uh, Super Bowl with him. Also, uh, next hour, Chris Gordy, Locked On SEC Podcast. I believe he is at the Senior Bowl uh, this week. So he will join us here on the uh, backside of National Signing Day. Of course, the Senior Bowl this week. Been a lot of uh, names to watch, names to, uh, to to follow here coming out of the Senior Bowl as we move forward into uh, more draft talk He'll give us the very latest there from Mobile. And really, today and tomorrow, kind of the last noteworthy days. Because as uh, we've talked about it from a a number, the game is like the last of anybody's concerns. Most of the scouts and company don't even stay for the game. You're there for the practices, the positional drills, the interviews. Things of that nature. So we'll get the latest on what has been a week there in Mobile. Also, Jake Roos, uh, Dogs HQ, uh, part of the On3.com uh, network. He will join us post-signing day, looking ahead to spring. What does this thing look like for the uh, the George Bulldogs? And uh, we'll hear from Russell DeMossi, head football coach at Savannah State, after a big signing class uh, yesterday. I think 30 kids signed, almost two-thirds of them coming from the 912 area. Uh, so we'll hear from him coming up in the final hour of the program. Also, uh, today kind of helps kick it off. We're going to be doing it uh, later in the show and uh, each day leading up to uh, Valentine's Day. we got a great Valentine's Day uh, giveaway. Call in uh, for your chance to uh, to, to win. you got to register with us. We'll take a caller, uh, callers, multiple callers every day, your chance to win a uh, two-night stay at the Westin Jekyll Island and a trip to the Milan Day Spa uh, in Savannah. So a great Valentine's Prize chance for you to be the big hero there around Valentine's Day. And listen for your chance to call in and become, a, I guess, a finalist for your chance to win our Valentine's Day giveaway. A really cool prize there uh, with a two-night stay at the Westin uh, on Jekyll Island and a trip to the day spa to get all pampered up and taken care of. So uh, listen for your chance to win, and we'll do that um, throughout the show. And we'll do it every day leading up to February the 11th. We'll have our, our drawing there on February the 11th, and we'll announce our winner on that day of our big Valentine's Day giveaway. So looking forward to to that, So, plenty to get to here on the show, uh, including in the National Football League. Uh, guys, certainly the fallout uh, of all of what has come out of Brian Flores, is, uh, as you see more and more about what's in the lawsuit. I know what Hugh Jackson had said he would potentially sign on as part of a Klax action suit yesterday. Marvin Lewis uh, has then come out and kind of said, Hey, back when uh, in a piece by Michael David Smith, Pro Football Talk on uh, NBC Sports, saying... Uh, that he felt his interview with the Panthers way back when, this was prior to the Rooney Rule, I'll throw that out there, uh, was kind of like a sham interview. He heard that they were going to hire John Fox. They convinced him that wasn't necessarily 100% the case. They were going to interview and They were interested to have him in, and then they hired John Fox uh, to be the head coach there in, in Carolina. So uh, Marvin Lewis, the latest uh, to kind of uh, sound off on what was uh, originally brought up there by Brian Flores.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate uh, uh, Coach Marvin Lewis, BJ, and Kevin. It just, you know, it's almost like people saying, what is it going to take to get these other coaches to be able to tell their stories? Marvin Lewis, outside of Mike Tomlin, was one of the longest-tendered uh, black head coaches in the International Football League. And, you know, I mean, think about that. You're looking at rumors saying, look, I think John Fox is going to be the guy, but then Jerry Richardson still calling him in. And I think Marvin Lewis took it for two reasons. One, because obviously he wanted to be a head coach, and two, it's because I think he had to. I don't think he, I don't think he had a choice to say no. Because when I mean, you think about it, I mean, I, you know, obviously I've been listening to Hugh Jackson, uh, Mike Tomlin, obviously name keeps coming up, but Brian Flores and what he's doing, he's pulling back the cover on what's been, what's been a problem. The Rooney Rule, while good intentions can't force billionaires to make decisions, you can't force them to uh, hire anybody, but I appreciate Marvin Lewis because it's funny how the, the NFL comes out and say we found no merit to this. Well, you haven't even looked into it. Like, if you're not talking to Marvin Lewis, you're not talking to Hugh Jackson, you're not talking to Eric Biennium, you're not talking to Robert Flores, you're not talking to Leslie Frazier, you're not talking to Jim Caldwell, guys that come through the league, you haven't done your due diligence. But I appreciate Marvin Lewis for speaking out. I appreciate Hugh Jackson coming out saying I stand behind Robert Flores because it's going to take a group effort. And if y'all read that lawsuit, it is long and it is detailed. But unfortunately for me, this is not surprising to me because I understand that these coaches, number one, they got to be perfect when they do coach even with the winning record, they get fired and they don't even become offensive or defensive coordinators. They never to be seen from or heard from again. sometimes, but shout out to Marvin Lewis, man, because he threw his hat in the ring. He knew he was going to be at the forefront and I appreciate him telling the truth.
2: Yeah. These perspectives are powerful. And you know, you think about these interviews, are they, are they not legitimate? Are they sham interviews? Like what, like what Brian Flores talked about and like what Marvin Lewis is talking about. And I think the numbers clearly reflect that. I mean, one black head coach been in the National Football League, one in a sport where, what, 70% of the players are African-American? And you have, as we've talked about, you have countless minority candidates, black candidates who have incredible resumes. I mean, incredible resumes. And Eric bien is is, you know, one of the first guys that that, that comes to mind that we were talking about him in the show meeting. Uh, what, last four years during the AFC championship game, uh, offensive, uh, Super Bowl championships, offenses, that are breaking records, a quarterback that's doing things that we've we've not seen quite often in, in 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 modern professional football, and the opportunities aren't there. These opportunities that have been earned, and I do think you're going to see more and more stories, more perspectives shared. It's it's very important. It's it's very powerful. Uh, and Ben, I think I think what you're hearing, like you said, uh, it's tragic, not a surprise. I don't think it's a surprise because. Look at the numbers. Look at the look at the hiring trends. And you're just not seeing equitable opportunities for black coaches.
1: Zach Taylor was in a Super Bowl. Zach Taylor before this season was six and twenty-five. So before this season, he was six and twenty-five, but they, they had faith in him. Kevin had faith in him, BJ, to be able to, you know, go out there and I see it. They can uh, you know get to a Super Bowl. But for those people that are thinking that we're crazy when you talk about what uh I don't think people understand. BJ, you are a QBR guy. You know, you all about the QBR. Tua is in the bottom five in the league, and he still won with him, right? So what else? You? So I, I, had a losing record my first year. I didn't want Tua, but I still won with him back to back seasons. I did something in the second half of twenty twenty one that's never been done in NFL history, and I got fired. And I just think that sometimes, and then you look at the, you look at the team that's still in it, right? Matthew Stafford, pretty good quarterback. Joe Burrow, pretty good quarterback. Tom Brady was in it, pretty good quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, pretty good quarterback. Look at the team. Uh, Josh Allen, pretty good quarterback. Patrick Mahomes. So when people thought, man, why does, why does he not want Tool? It's not that he don't want to. Or he don't think he can win with him. Look at the guys that's winning. Name an organization that makes the playoffs consistently that don't have a top-ten quarterback. All of them do. That's how you win. So, I, look, once again, I appreciate these coaches, man. Uh, Marvin Lewis, uh, Robert Flores, They're doing something, man, because they're trying to pull back the layers. on. It's a problem. In in the 101-year history of the National Football League, it has been 20 black head coaches. 20. I'm 20? So all I'm saying is, you know, are we crazy? Am I I just not seeing something? Somebody said, well, Ben, that's that's better than zero. Is it? Like, is that better than zero? So – We'll, we'll see what happens, but this is something that hopefully won't go away. And Kevin and BJ, you know, you sue the NFL. You're going to have John Elway making statements and all, all kind of stuff, man. And and for those people say they're coming at John Elway, no, I'm coming at the system for what John Elway operates in. I don't think it's, you know, so, well it's certain people, Stephen Ross, my God, like, for those people that think, hey, man, how do bad organizations stay bad? Pay your coaches to lose. That's how you stay bad. But And just imagine if Robert Flores would have took the money. Think about that, because most people, let's let's face it, would have took it. But then it's like, well, dude, you don't believe in me at all. So think about that. You want me to lose. So did you fire me because I didn't lose? Because you're supposed to get fired if you lose. Well, I didn't lose. So because I went against what your money said for me to do, I'm out of there. So we, this thing is only going to keep unraveling. But I do appreciate every previous head coach or even want to be a head coach Tyron Matthew is in the, in, the, in the Pro Bowl right now. He said, it's so disappointing. Eric B. ain't no head coach, man. He says, for everybody that thinks it's a, uh, uh, Andy Reid, without black coaches on a staff, how do you resonate with your black players? You can. Wins and losses, I get it. But we'll see, man. But shout out to Marvin Lewis, man, doing his part.
0: Yeah, and again, I, 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 BJ and I were talking about that. I think there are opportunities out there for coaches. You have a, a franchise right down the road in Jacksonville that has a, a black head coach. I'm, I'm not going to speak for him because we haven't had Byron Leftwich on the show, but I would assume he would like the job, right? Yes. And, and by all accounts, he wants the job. Jacksonville would like to give it to him. He doesn't like the GM, and so he probably going to get the job because the owner's stuck in his ways against uh, you know uh, about keeping Trent Baalke. And I think there's some things like that uh, that are out there that that's to have stood in the way of of things like that happening. But because BJ, you and I firmly believe if Trent Baalke's not the GM. Byron Leftwich is probably already the well, coach, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Right like,
2: now, the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars should be Byron Leftwich, and the GM should be should be Adrian Wilson. I I, I mean, well, you're apparently, it could
0: about, be anybody but Trent Baalke right. at this point. I mean, yeah, I mean, you understand about, what I'm you're saying? Talking yeah, about
2: Trent Baalke, and I think you know, Cam, you were you were mentioning this a couple of days ago. Uh, you want opportunities where you're going to have a chance to be successful, you know, and and I think when you look at Trent Baalke, what the last five. Uh, years the coach has gotten fired you're talking about we've had guests on who have said uh we've talked to in these are guests who have told us hey we've talked to players we've talked to agents we've talked to pl- coaches and nobody has positive things to say right and and you don't want to get hired into a situation where you're getting hired only to get fired that's not and, that's and not. yeah clear. and, my, and not,
0: my point was to not you know bring it into a Jacksonville Jaguar situation or anything like that I was just simply saying there there is When you look at it, you say, "Oh, it's every team in the league." I mean, there's a case right there in Jacksonville where everybody believes that Byron Leftwich, if it weren't for Trent Baalke, would be the head football coach, right? Yes. Not that not that Byron Leftwich was being given a potential, you know, token interview or anything like that. It was they want Byron Leftwich. Apparently, Byron Leftwich had interest in being the coach. Byron Leftwich said, "I don't want that guy to be my GM." And here we are, and as you said, BJ, the— But he shouldn't have guy, to come into a situation I, under, like I, under, that. I understand that. I, I certainly understand that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to rip, cut you off. Go ahead. Go, BJ, go ahead. No, I'm no, saying no, he
2: no, shouldn't no. have to come into a situation where where everybody around the league is saying, this is a lose-lose. You come in right. and, and look at what's happened. Look well, at I mean, the and I record. said
0: this to you, but in, and with all due respect, whoever takes the Jaguars job is in a tough spot, right? Because yeah. they're not a great franchise. I mean, yeah. it don't matter we're if it's Byron Leffords or somebody we're, else.
1: We're, but think about it, though, Kevin— it's not so much that bad franchise, right? Because what we three or four years removed moving them playing in the AFC Championship, right? That the Jacksonville Jaguars. But when you start saying, "Man, where did it start?" I, listen, once again, I wear Braves hats. I give you the Braves before Anth- Anthopolis got there. It, the talent, Freddie Freeman was there with Anthopolis. but I mean before Anthopolis. Kevin, you know how it is. FBI agents coming in saying, <laughs> "Get your stuff and get out." Of it. I'm <laughs> telling y'all, like name a name a company. Name a company in life that is successful with their employees that have a bad front office. It it, it trickles down. It's like, hey man, the front office is bad, but well, listen, man, at this smart tech, we're giving you the best. <laughs> you. No, it's not, it's not gonna have, so and think about this too, Kevin BJ, you finally get to be a head coach and you don't get to pick your GM. And and the
2: GM you know like, please, is that true? Yeah, office? you're going to yeah, a spot where everybody around the league, everybody around the league, from what well, I mean, I don't know how many again to be
0: and just I don't know how many case in point first year coaches get to pick their GM but well you you don't, we're, 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 uh, to bj's point about. you don't want to walk in where everybody's like this guy sucks and yeah, I'm gonna everybody. go uh, yeah and so I and so, I, so I, I understand your point there as well i mean I, again i did not mean to shift this to a, a trip okay. walkkie jacksonville Jaguars no, no, it's, thing'
1: it's it's, 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 it's it's you make a good point though Kevin but what i'm saying is good teams usually it's because of good it's because of good front office people right and, and, and I said good front office. I didn't even say great. They don't got to be great. They just have to be. Let me say this. They just can't be bad. And the thing about the thing about it is when you think about it, like, because I don't want to put it on Jacksonville, but that's what Trent Balky works like that. That's what he works. It's like if I go to my seraphone provider and I'm going crazy about my bill, the person I'm speaking to, I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at this bill. But you got but you represent this company. So the same thing with Balky. Milwaukee has got a bad reputation really, really quickly. And guess what? It, it spread through the league because of what's going on in Jacksonville. And now everybody's saying, hey, man, I don't want to work with him either. Why? Because he don't have a winning track record. Know where he's been. Name a person that has been awful everywhere they've been and getting promotions. That would be Trent Balkan.
0: Now, Yeah, and I understand that. And again, my my point, my I was just to to bring it back. My my point for all that was to say, there. I think there are some opportunities out there, but when you do bring up an opportunity like Jacksonville, you would look at it and say, well, whoever's involved, in, in, white, black, whoever wants to be the head coach, that's not a situation right now that anybody wants to walk into because it's not a good opportunity as currently constituted, right? I mean, that's that was basically, uh, I guess, the summation of my point. I didn't mean to get us off on a uh, on a, uh, a tangent uh, there at the end of the day. We'll come back. Newy Scruggs is going to join us when we return. Here on 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin, BJ, and Ben, thanks for making us a part of your day. Joining us here on the program, NBC Sports, Dallas, Fort Worth, Newey Scruggs. Joining us here on 3 and Out. Newey, welcome to the show. How are you? Gentlemen, good to talk to you. Hey, appreciate you coming on and, uh, and, and joining us. And uh, certainly the NFL, uh, they like to have the two weeks to talk about the Super Bowl. That's not going to be the case. Brian Flores, lawsuit. A uh, bombshell dropped there on the NFL. What was your uh, kind of initial reaction when you saw the Brian Flores news uh, hit, hit the wire?
3: I did not think we would see someone in the current throes of their career do it. I thought it would be someone who was going on the way out of the NFL or someone who had already you know, had their shot and moved on like a Hugh Jackson so I was just surprised to see that uh, Brian Flores, you know, a, a guy who is still technically up for the job in Houston, according to Josie Anderson, uh, come up with this lawsuit because many guys in the past, and I've talked to several coaches, they just felt like, man, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to end my opportunity at employment in the league.
2: Newey, we've now heard from Hugh Jackson, as you said, a commentary from Marvin Lewis, others. Do you think we will see uh, more perspective on this moving forward?
3: Sure, there'll be other people that get involved here, but most of all, the players need to say something. At the end of the day, things are done when players decide they, they want to you know, get involved. I remember a couple of years ago when the players at the University of Missouri, like, hey, Chancellor's got to go. They said, we're going to play football. Well, you know what? Chancellor got, got, got put on out because they wanted that revenue from football. So until players get involved and say, hey, here's an issue here. We can play this game, but you don't want us to coach it
1: then, then, they're gonna get what they keep getting. Nui, I mean, and what players? I mean, because you know, I, I understand that when you talk about being able to, to have the players come together, do anything on a unified front. Being a former player myself, I know how hard that is. Is it? Ha- is it, it going to have to be the black quarterbacks and guys like Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, saying, "Look, man, we want the faces uh, of the National Football League. We want to know why we can get big time money to be faces of the franchise. We just can't be the head coaches of those franchises." You know, you need a Patrick Mahomes and a Travis Kelsey who are the, right
3: there working with Eric Vietnam to come out and say, "Hey, look, man, this is you know, this is crazy. Uh, it's going to take people like a Jalen Ramsey uh, who's out there with a Raheem Morris to say, Hey, look, you know, Brandon Staley was good enough to get this job. This you know, this is a guy who's been a head coach. He's got us in the Super Bowl. Something Staley didn't do as a defensive coordinator. That um, hey, he deserves a job." So. You need and look, and I'll say this as well. Kelsey and Mahomes also did come out and say something on behalf of of Eric enemy last year. In fact, Mahomes had said it to Deshaun Watson, and the Houston Texans didn't didn't do anything, and and that led to a part of their you know their their mistrust and and breakup there. But you gotta have guys really just you know push more of the issue and say we want more representation as well. It really does, to my mind, start with the players because. That's who the owners care about. They don't care about other black coaches and what they had to say or other minority coaches. Um, they care about what the players say. And when it comes to start recruiting players in, in, in places you don't, that stuff could also have an impact when it comes to uh, um, it, where guys decide to go in the NFL. Obviously money is always going to be number one, but comfortability is the next thing.
1: And knew it. I mean, the thing about it is, I mean, Jerry Jones, obviously probably the most famous owner, maybe even in sports, let alone football coming, came out and said, you know, it's an issue that we, you know, we're going to have to do better at. What does that mean exactly? Like do better at what? Cause guys are getting interviews, but interviews aren't getting jobs. That's just sitting down in front of guys. What does he mean by we can do better at it? Oh, that, that
3: Jerry just quoting the flow. He just, Jerry's revert. You know, just coming up with a new way to say it takes all of us. That's all Jerry did when he said that in Mobile, Alabama. Um, look, I love Jerry, but at the same time, you know, never had a black coach. Um, I remember when he was hiring Bill Parcells, the Rooney Rule Roo candidate was, was Denny Green. And they didn't even fly Denny Green in. They did a phone call because even Denny knew, hey, man, I know what's going on. So that's how they satisfied it. Um, and you just you, you shake your head. Uh, Jerry's only had two black coordinators the entire time. And Jerry's owned this team since 1989. He had two black coordinators. Brian uh Stewart, who after a season, Jason Garrett, who was an assistant at the time, helped run him out. And then he had Maurice Carson, who is Bill Parcell's offensive coordinator, but Mo didn't call the plays. Sean Payton called the plays. So so it's you know, so when Jerry says do better,
0: you know, he's he he's he's he ain't the example. He ain't the Rooney's. <laughs> I mean, to, to kind of follow up on that, uh, Newy, that because uh, Ben and I talked about this on the show yesterday. The, the Rooney rule, I think, was well intentioned, but does it kind of lead to that? Well, you're telling me I have to, so I'm going to, but I I want this guy. Uh, how do you kind of get around some of that and say interview that guy because? He's qualified because you want to interview him, not because the league is over here telling you you have to, but because you want to. How do you kind of make the steps in that direction? Well, the first
3: thing that you have to have a rule tells you a whole hell of a lot about the process and what's going on here. That, you know, before, you guys couldn't even get in a room, okay? So they, so they made a rule to say, okay, let's get some guys in a room. And now the next thing is you got people who feel like, well, you're trying to make me do something, so fine, I'll just go through the motion. And at the end of the day, some of the folks who go through the motions, you're actually hurting yourself. I mean, the, the folks who came up with the, the rule of Steelers ended up interviewing a, a young guy and Mike Tomlin said, boy, here, here's somebody we want. Meanwhile, you got folks who circumvent the rules or give sham interviews. and You know, I can talk about, you know, just, I won't give out any names. I'll, I'll be nice here. But um, they're still wandering the desert for coaches. But overall, um, you've got billionaire owners who are usually – Great business leaders uh, and have had successful businesses in their own right who don't want to do this within their own businesses. So, you know, it's that thing of you, you're going to make me do something? Well, I'll just do it and go through the motions. But at the end of the day, they're hurting themselves because a lot of times you're going to get great ideas by talking to different people. If they don't hire them, you'll get some great ideas. And Usually one good candidate can help lead you to another or even help you with your staff, but at the end of the day, these owners don't care, and they cannot care because the TV ratings are high and the fans are still going. So they don't care, and they've shown you. It's just lip service. We don't want your black coaches. We just want you to play for us. That's what they're telling you, but that's also what has happened. You can't dispute the numbers. It is what it is. And when you sit around here and you tell black coaches and minority coaches, hey, put in the time, show us what you can do. Eric B. Enemy is a guy who is Andy Reid's offensive coordinator, the same position that Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy, who, by the way, Peterson won a Super Bowl, Matt Nagy was coach of the year. So you clearly see coming off that tree is a help. Um, He can't get a job. And Mahomes won an MVP. Under Eric Bien-Aimé. My Mahomes won the Super Bowl under Eric Bienemy. Yet Nathaniel Hackers never called plays gets a job. Nick Sirianni comes from the Colts, never called plays, he gets a job. You can't sit around here and tell me the game is rigged, especially Eric Bienemy, who played in the league and the players are sitting here saying he should have a job. These owners don't give a damn. They don't. And it's not gonna change.
2: And Nui, this is a lawsuit, of course, by by, by Brian Flores very courageously uh, saying, look, we have to, we have to do better. What do you? How does this play out in a in a court of law? And what type of uh, pressure does this put on the National Football League in terms of what could happen uh, in 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 a legal sense?
3: Well, it depends on how many more receipts Brian Florence has. It depends on the receipts other people have. You know, if the receipts are bad enough, then you can possibly cause some change. Or they may decide, you know, we just go pay off a couple people to, to, you know, settle this thing. You know, a lot, you know, almost like Colin Kaepernick, settle the lawsuit. So we'll, we'll see. But it's something that, that, you know, they, they, the, the proof is there. You know, you, you know, they can, they can't sit around here and say that the owners, You can't sit around here and say that, yeah, we don't have a problem. You got a problem. So how they, how they address it, how they fix it, I don't know. I don't know. And it's also one thing to hire people. It's also another thing to give people a proper chance. David Culley didn't have a proper chance with the Texans. Steve Wilkes didn't have a proper chance with Arizona because he got one year and put out. So uh, there, there's, there's a lot of problems with some of these jobs that guys get. When you get a job like Vance Joseph, when John Elway hired him, John said, you run the defense, I'm going to take care of the offense. So it gave him an offensive coordinator. So a lot of times you get these jobs, but you don't even get them properly. Let me think about it. If you guys came every day to your show and you had somebody else tell you, these, these are the topics you're going to talk about, and you've got to say, okay, let me talk about How good is the show going to be? It's not going to be that good because you've got people trying to tell you what to do, and that's the other portion for so many people. And this goes for some white coaches as well, where you're controlled by ownership. But black head coaches get a shorter length of time. When you get the job, you've got to sit around here and take people you don't want. Todd Bowles talked a little bit about that, um, his Jets experience, about you know, hey, things that I know now. He wish he'd have had more control and more input, but it gets tough because they kind of got you by, you know, the way of hey, you want the job? Here's how you have to take it, and it's 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 a challenge. It is definitely a challenge. But as far as the lawsuit goes and what they make change, I don't know. Have to see exactly how do how do the lawyers go about it, and what is their end game. You know, so much about lawsuits is trying to make sure you can. You know, are you looking for money? Are you looking for true change? I mean, what what's the end game here? And that's the that, that to me is the big. That's the big question about how they go about this.
1: And Nui uh, finally, you know, Zach Thomas. I mean, uh, Zach Taylor. He's in the Super Bowl. People forget before this year, he was six and twenty-five, but, he, but he's in the Super Bowl. Have you ever heard of anything of what Steven Ross did with, with, uh, with, Robert, with, with uh, Brian Flores saying, listen, I am paying you to lose, and because you did not lose, I am going to fire you for winning?
3: Um, look, the 76ers made a, made a living out of that for a couple of years under. That old GFC of Yankee. So, yes, we've seen it before. Um, Mark Cuban told Rick Carlisle, we're trying to lose games. So this is, this is nothing new in sports. The, the other portion where Flores came out and said, hey, look, they're going to pay me to do it. Um, I think that's probably where Hugh Jackson was like, damn, really? You got paid for that? How much money could I make when I win 0-16? <laughs> um, we've known for years some owners aren't trying to win. Steven Ross, Steven Ross wanted Joe Burrow, And Brian Flores was trying to win games. And so uh, we think it's wrong. We think it's, but, but, you know, how many people are really talking about that? I don't see a whole lot of people talking about the integrity of the game. You know, I haven't seen any season ticket holders or suite holders say, you know what, give me my money back because you sold me a fraud, fraudulent product. Haven't heard Roger Goodell say anything. And I'll be out in Los Angeles during Super Bowl week. So that's going to be a heck of a press conference to listen to because they're going to make Roger run out there and dance for them. These owners are. Um, We'll see. But we're going to get more of stuff like Jerry. We can do better. It takes all of us. Go paint in, in racism in the end zone. Now we're going to say all of these things, but as usual, nothing's really going to happen. Maybe the lawsuits create some change. I don't know. you got several people who don't like the Mooney Rule and then say that it, it causes a problem. you got some folks out there who still live in this fantasy world that – you should hire the best person, but we just know that's not how it works in the National Football League. Not when you sit around here and you look at the resumes. Not when a guy like Byron Leftwich can't get a job <laughs> who worked with Tom Brady. Josh McDaniels worked with Tom Brady. He got to be an NFL head coach. Bill, uh, Charlie Weiss. he worked with Tom Brady. Got to go to Notre Dame and be a coach. Bill O'Brien, he worked with Tom Brady. Went to Penn State and the Houston Texans. But, you know, Byron Leftwich, you can't get anything. Tom Brady had a hell of a year. Now, you could argue Tom Brady could be the MVP. And if he ain't the MVP at Aaron Rodgers, is, then Tom Brady's probably going to finish second and third. And this man can't get a job. He can't get a job. But Matt Eberflus gets a job. And I like Matt. And good for him. And Nathaniel Hockey gets a job. But Nathaniel Hockey didn't call no plays in Green Bay. Matt eber I mean, Matt, Matt uh, LaFleur called plays. It's It's maddening. For coaches, it's maddening because you just say, hey, you're moving the goalposts. How do you actually get to have a job when you can do everything that you say you're supposed to do and you still can't get the gig? I told one coach, uh, assistant coach who's talking about it for years, I said, dude, why do, you, why do you stay in football? Go do something else because it's too frustrating. And the guy ended up going to work for, college, for a college team. And just, you know, he's just doing it now, just helping out some friends, who's a coach. He's like, hey, I like this guy. We're good dudes, we're friends, and he's hanging out with him. But this is the frustrating part of, of what's going on in the National Football League. And as a person who covers it and loves it, for me, this has always been a frustrating thing because, hell, it is what it is. It's the same thing sports radio, by the way. Sports radio ain't no better than the NFL.
0: Dewey Scruggs, NBC Sports Radio Dallas and NBC Sports Dallas Fort Worth. Our guest, Newey, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much.
3: You guys have a fantastic one now. Stay warm. Be well. Bye.
0: Will do. Dewey Scruggs joining us here on 3 Now We've got more to come. 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.
4: Gilmore,
1: Basketball Hall of Fame. you
0: listening to 3 and Out with B.J. Ben and Kevin. Good to have you here 3 and Out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, B.J. Bennett. Glad you are with us. We are uh, efforting Dave Smith, the mightier 1090 ESPN SoCal. He will join us here on the program and uh, certainly the Super Bowl, getting ready to uh, embark onto uh, Los Angeles where the, uh, the Rams will be the Visiting team, Ben, they'll have to go in the other locker room uh, in their own home stadium and uh, and get ready to play the Super Bowl. So we'll chat with Dave uh, coming up here in just a moment, obviously ahead of uh, the Super Bowl, which, uh, again, everybody's talking about everything but the Super Bowl uh, this week uh, leading up to it.
1: Yeah, Kevin, I mean, uh, it showed you how big some of these uh, different storylines are in the National Football League right now. we talking about – look, man, we're talking about coaches getting new uh, head coaching jobs, talking about Brian Flores and what he's doing for, you know, black coaches not getting head coaching jobs. We're talking about Tom Brady retiring, Jacksonville, Trent, Trent Balky. Oh, and there's a, and there's a, the biggest game in the NFL being played in two weeks.
0: Absolutely. So, and again, I, I think if you're – as as new we kind of touched on, Ben, I think it'll be interesting to see how the NFL – uh, proceeds forward. One, I, I have serious uh, allegations out there, obviously, but as the NFL, any business, uh, any sports league, when you get to the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals or the World Series, they typically are like, we won't talk about anything else. We'll talk about the Super Bowl. It's all about, so I don't think that's going to happen uh, when everybody gets to, uh, to to Los Angeles and you have a pretty good game with a lot of interesting storylines on top of that. But I don't know if that's going to be as much of the talking point, especially early next week, once everybody gets there in in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, and, and rightfully so, Kevin. I mean, I think sometimes too, when you when people ask why the NFL is so polarizing, you know, with the biggest game coming up, I mean, we got things happen, man, and it just and it just takes over all sports. It's not like America doesn't love you know uh, NFL football already. But I will say this: if you are going to the Super Bowl, the days of a uh, a good seat that <laughs> depends on how you look at it because when i was looking at those seat prices and i'm looking at the nosebleeds and i'm seeing four digits i'm saying wait a minute they thirty five hundred in the nosebleeds so for those people that thinking that the nfl has lost one dime yeah. uh, i know I know kevin and bj you know we used to love to kick off and you got all the you know you see all the little lights flickering or whatever I'm, if I'm in that Super Bowl, I'm taking some of in the pitches because why? Wow, this will never happen again. Yeah, I'm nosebleeds. We, we, you no know, me, man, we up here. No, man, you got to you got to take a loan
0: out. Hey, for forty five hundred dollars, I better be standing next to the coaches on the field with a headset, hearing the plays they're calling. Like this is awesome. Not the hey, you're in row eighty seven G is up there. No, no, the seat next to that one. Get your binoculars. It's up there, and we're playing down here. No, for, I, I saw that too, man. I was like. You said three, four thousand dollars for a seat, Upper Bowl. Hold, That's hold up, insane. Ben.
2: Hold up, Ben. When didn't you have some Super Bowl tickets when you when you played? Didn't you? Didn't you have access to some Super Bowl tickets? I did. I did. And, and look, I, I'm, I'm gonna just go ahead
1: because I don't know what BJ gonna say, it. so I'm gonna just go ahead and put it out there. <laughs> no, right. I was just asking. Did you have tickets? No, 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 no. no, no. Listen, listen, Mike Tice, the then head coach of uh, Minnesota, he got in trouble for for scalping tickets. Like he got in trouble for it. So all the players was like, "Listen, fellas." Number one, you get two tickets. That's it. And you have to go to the Super Bowl site to pick them up. There will be no scalping. No scalping. No scalping. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing no scalping. I'm not going to name a teammate I was supposed to get my tickets to. He was going to And I walked out. I walk in. I walk out. Guy goes, what's up, Ben? I go, what's up, man? And I hit them with that. Listen, man, I ain't doing that scalping stuff. I'm going to go see my teammate. I, I told him I'm getting him. He said, what about now? He, you know, he beat Kevin, he – he flashed them ducats. I said, You're gonna give me that right now? Like, yeah. At least listen, listen, and I kind of and I kind of gave it to him and gave him a speed walk. I, I can't remember what he said after that. Because listen, I could I could have went down. If he was an undercover cop, I was done. I I just listen, man, I just I abandoned all that stuff. But I, I will say this, man. When you come to the Super Bowl from a player that never got a chance to play in it, it's it's prestigious, but we're talking about the tickets, man. When I'm I said Look at these tickets. Thirty five hundred. And the closer you get, it go from it go from four digits to five digits. So it'd be like a hundred thousand dollars to be right What? But somebody's gonna pay it. Somebody's gonna pay it. Oh, yeah. Those, you
2: know, so I told I, y'all, I, Chris Nett is in it, BJ, and they still going for it because it's a super dude. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think, Kevin, this is this is way back now, but didn't we go down to Jacksonville the week of the the week of the Super Bowl when mm-hmm, it was yeah. in Jacksonville and just I don't I don't think the weather was great the it was day bad. we went we went down, but just like the the the, the pomp and circumstance. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it was just congested, obviously, but there were events, just all kind of stuff going on. So you have people who are who are obviously paying a lot of money for tickets, but you, I mean, you go down there, you pay a lot of money to go to these events, go to these sure. pregame game parties and all like it's that. A, it's
0: a huge party. And and again, Ben, I, had, I, I, I kind of funny you say that story. I had a teacher, and I I, I believe this was in high school, back when the Braves, because, yeah, this has been the 90s when the Braves were like, and he's like, let me tell you what, you don't want to get busted scalping tickets. He goes, you go down to the game, you put an extra pair of socks or a belt or something in your pocket. You find somebody who wants the tickets, you give them the socks, cop comes over and goes, what, you scalp tickets?" He's like, no, he just paid two grand for these pair of socks. I gave him the tickets. <laughs> he just went. It's like the markup on these things is ridiculous. Does that work, Kevin? I mean. I'm not saying I've done it. I'm saying that is a way potentially somebody could do it.
1: I'll, listen, listen. It's when I was down there. The tickets in Miami, are free. I was, the sucks. I, I was there for, listen, BJ Sexy, Rex here in Chicago versus Peyton Manning. And I'm down there, right? And I'm, I'm I'm down there to do a bunch of events. So the NFL, if you're you a player, they, they host you to do a bunch of events. And I was like, dude, I ain't never been down here. I don't know how it's going to go. When I got my tickets, this is like the first day. When I got the money for them tickets, my former my former teammates, my teammates that I played with in college, man, because we all met up. They're like, man, why you smiling? And I said, don't worry about it. But just know. I've been here the whole time. No, 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 no. I have not left here the whole time, right? Because no, anybody, but no, man. It, the thing about it is, right? I will say this. I am not condoning illegal activity. That is not what I'm saying. But if somebody go to jail for uh, scalping tickets, I think that should be one to get out of jail free. Come, like, is he really breaking? Like, what are we doing here, man? Like, it's a come up, right? Everybody does it. think about this. You got tickets, BJ. You want to go to this game, right? And somebody says, Man, I'm willing to give you this. I'm willing to, and they keep going, $1,000, $2,000, 10000 You just got $10,000. And and then you get home, and the wifey says, You ain't even going to the game. You're like, No, I got something a little better than the game. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, Man, it's a game. You want I to be there live, right? I
0: decided now. I want to watch it on the big screen.
1: I know one ticket you wouldn't give away. I know one ticket. If this team made it to this game, you ain't. No, I'll ask you this, BJ. No, no, no. I'll switch it. You are at this game. You, you you outside, and you got a chance to be a little closer. You got tickets. But somebody go, hey, man, I, I could put you right behind the bench. Do you consider
2: it? Hey, look, I, man. I just need to be in the house. I just need to be – look, I just need to be in the stadium. I've never been a. I have-to-be – 50 yard line or court side. I just need to be in the stadium, soak up the atmosphere, but we're still waiting on that one team to uh, do that. No, I was going to say I, 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 if I, I thought told if that one team does it, we you know, uh, well, I, I already know my part in.
0: No, I thought the bigger question for BJ would be if you had the tickets, what was your what would be your price? Like how <laughs> low will you go to not have to go because I know you're like if I can watch at home. So the Jack uh, a team is in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> are you talking like 200 bucks? Are you like, no, these are Super Bowl tickets. Did you just say the Jags
2: are in no, the I Super Bowl? No, I said the Jag. It is, uh, that was,
0: uh that's, that's I'm working a on a different language. That's it's, it's a different language. It means Washington Commanders. Uh, exactly. But, uh, uh, no, it, but what would you be your price to go home? It's like 200 bucks, you out? Or it's like you're going to milk it for everything you got for the Super Bowl?
2: Look, if it's Super Bowl, man, you got to try to get what you can get, I think.
1: I mean, and I will say this. I mean, hold on. This thing now, all I'm saying is that's, your, that's all you got to say. Man, it's a Super Bowl, man. Come on, man. Like, you me? <laughs> and this is the funny part, right? This is the funny part about that. You're not even giving a number. You're just saying it's a Super Bowl. And they go, all right, man, here's $10,000. You go, all right, man, that sounds about right. You the, the key is you got to act like this is regular. Yeah, man. And yeah. walk off like
0: this. Yep. I'm willing to walk away, but I'm not really. We'll come back. We got more to come. Three and out Southern Pigskin to have you along here. Three and out Southern Pigskin Radio Network still to come on the show. We'll give you your chance to register to win a two-night stay at the Westin Jekyll Island and also a trip to the Milan Day Spa as part of our Valentine's Day giveaway. Guys, trying to make somebody the hero out there on Valentine's Day. Listen for your chance to call in, register uh, with us, and then on February the 11th ahead of Valentine's Day, we'll have the drawing and we will give away that prize. So We'll have multiple times for you to register your chance to win, so be thinking about it. If you're like, man, what do I do for Valentine's Day? Just listen to us. I've you always get...
2: appreciated your tips for, for, for Valentine's Day, always.
0: I am nothing if not romantic, BJ Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning may come into the studio and get me right now. We'll come back, but we'll give you a chance to register for the Valentine's Day giveaway. We'll do it next hour. Stay listening. It's 3 now Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on this Thursday. Kevin, BJ, and Ben. Glad you're making us a part of your day. A lot to get to here this hour. Chris Gordy, Locked On SEC Podcast and Sports Talk 790 in Houston will join us. He's at the Senior Bowl this week, so we will hear from him coming up in just a little bit. Don't forget your chance to register to win a two-night stay at the Westin Jekyll Island and a trip to the Milan Day Spa there in Savannah as part of our Valentine's Day giveaway. Looking forward to it, guys. You don't want to miss it. All you gotta do is listen for your chance to to win. My wife already texting me uh, after the last segment saying, why are you telling lies on the radio? She knows I'm romantic. What are you talking about?
2: And how uh, How? how Just how do you define kind of romantic?
0: How do I define uh, romantic? Well, uh, one of them's 12 and one of them's 10. That being said, Ooh. oh, oh, Ooh. oh man. Ooh. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to sleep on the couch a little bit later tonight for that, I'm sure.
1: No, Kevin, say it with your chest. You already did. I mean, I, I like that because Kevin's like, look, what's wrong with that? I mean, Kevin Kevin said, look, at the end of the day, you know, romance, BJ, I mean, you know, words mean things. It means different things to different people. To, to some, it's flowers and candy, and it's winding and dining. For my daddy, it's buying my mama chocolates that he knows she won't like so he can eat them. That is romantic to my daddy. <laughs> He'll say, what? I got them for you. You know I don't even eat these. I ain't taking them back to the stove. She said... And uh, you kind of got some chocolate on your mouth. I had to test them out. Like my <laughs> son and Kevin, I say why. So roman- r- romantic is how you look. at It, it changes, BJ, the older you
0: get. That is, that is very true. So we'll have your chance to register multiple times uh, between now and next Friday uh, on February the 11th when we give this away. But uh, two-night stay at the we- Westin Jekyll Island and a trip to the Milande Spa there in Savannah. Great folks and really a chance to get Pampered up and, uh, and, and feeling good, man. And so we're going to give that away uh, coming up next Friday. But you got to call in, register for your chance to, uh, to win that prize. That being said, let's take three here on 3 and Out. All right, fellas, take one. Does Texas A&M's historic recruiting success mean that Jimbo Fisher has to win a national championship with the Aggies? The Aggies just recording the best recruiting class in the history of recorded recruiting classes.
2: Uh, I would say no, not right now. And and the reason is because the two teams that just played for the national championship are in your conference. And I know we can look at that. And I think we all have said in the past and all agree that recruiting rankings mean a lot, right? But it's not an exact science in terms of you finish number two, you're going to finish yeah. number two. You finish I think they five. mean
0: something. And it's not, not the oh, end all be all. But, yes. but,
2: but you had the best class ever. And, and there's a lot to be said for that. But. You, you still have to go through Alabama, and I know you just beat Alabama, but I think that almost in some ways kind of proves how difficult it is if you're not Alabama, took Georgia 41 years out of the SEC to win a national championship. I mean, with all due respect to this incredible recruiting class, and let's not forget a couple of years ago, A&M was what? Fifth in the final cut. They were the first team out of the playoffs, so they've been close. But if I were to ask you guys, is, I mean, I'll I'll ask you. Is is Texas A&M the most talented team in the SEC next year? Are they number two? All
0: these guys are freshmen also. I I understand.
2: Are are they number three? And with all, well, I mean, LSU's right there with what they've done in the transfer portal. Looking ahead to next year when these guys are sophomores, do you think A&M's going to be more talented than Alabama? Do you think A&M's going to be more talented than Georgia? I mean, yes. Maybe, I mean. uh, Maybe, but what I'm saying is Texas A&M has had a great class. But right now, the two programs that you have to surpass, either directly or indirectly, I do I don't—I don't, I, I know you don't play Georgia all the time, but either in the SEC Championship game or whatever, are the two dominant programs in the country. The two dominant programs right now in the country are Alabama and Georgia, and that's probably the case by a, by a wide margin right now. In terms of everything, recruit, do I think Jimbo Fisher and A&M should feel like they can contend? Yes. But am I sitting here and saying, you have to win a national title? in the next four years when right now you are at best the third best team in your own conference, I'm not saying that. Well, B.J., that's why why you do radio and that's why you're not a head coach, Because he better
1: win something. They're not doing this to look good in recruiting rankings. They're not giving him – Jimbo Fisher, let's go back. Jimbo Fisher, he was 10 years, 75 million to leave Florida State. Check. Jimbo Fisher had a really, really good game against Clemson, but he lost, Right. He needed a signature win. Got it against Florida. Was making, was making, a, was making, a, you know, last year, we're going to beat their, you know what, we're talking about Alabama. Got it done. Got a big time extension. Got the biggest, the best recruiting class they've ever seen. You got to win it. Because that's, that's the thing. We judge certain, certain coaches on winning Maddies. Kirby Smart was doing all this stuff to win the natty. They finally won it. Didn't, didn't know they were going to do it with Stetson, but they did it. So you telling me, Georgia has Stetson been the quarterback. I know he ain't the only one, but he had it, and they won. It. A guy that was not recruited by them, a guy that was not on campus, a guy that was not a part of any big time number one recruiting class that Georgia's had the last three or four years, and they won. It. Jimbo Fisher got the number one recruiting class over Georgia, over Alabama. You better show something, because at this point, gonna, people are going to think, hey man, what's my return on my investment? What a nice a couple of sound bites, with you talking trash and Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban,
2: dude. You better go out there and ben, win it. Ben, 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 this is all I'm saying. I just looked it up. Uh, Texas A&M has not won a national championship since 1939, and and that's all I'm getting at is do I think?
0: Well, can, can can we start with an SEC championship game yeah, appearance? Yeah, yeah, that's all. They I'm haven't getting made at.
2: that. That's all I'm getting at is do I think yesterday was exciting? Yes. If I'm an A&M fan, am I optimistic? Yes. Do I feel like maybe I can get? Yes. But you're saying that a program that hasn't won a national title in almost uh, what 90 years, you know, however long that is, hasn't won a national title since 1939, and is in a conference where Alabama and Georgia are clearly ahead of them. I know they beat Alabama last year, but I, I just think that's a hard ask to say all of a sudden you must win a national title in the next four years. So what? So 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 what do they want? Like 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 I listen, think like listen. Kevin said, a conference title would, would would be a step in the right direction. I think you got no, to get no, there no, first. I'm just no 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 no. What what what, I, what I'm saying
1: what I'm saying is if you are one of those boosters in, in you know in Texas a you are not giving Jimbo and I, I listen, and I'm I'm not saying you gave him anything to get these recruits. I'm not a part of that. But I am saying I am not giving you what I am giving you. To to win some games, dude. Texas A&M, they want, what Ala- they want what Alabama got going on.
2: They want what Georgia got going on. Why do you think they are giving them all this? They said, look, is- it's a great program. I, I I think I think they are in the co- th- this class puts them in the conversation. But to say you have to win a national championship, I mean, sometimes it takes time. I mean, even even look at what happened with Georgia, right? We go, oh, Georgia won the national title, but it's been a process. Like Kevin said, went to multiple SEC championship games went to a national championship game they should have won and lost that one so look it can happen i just think right now it's hard for me to look at the sec where it's alabama and a lot of pundits we've talked to have said alabama's best team of the saving era could be next year with anderson back and young back and so and eli uh uh, eli ricks and jameer gibbs and with what george i just think it's hard to say you now have to win one in the next four years you
1: saying, man, that's why that's why they give it up the cheese. I mean, he said, they said, what do you need to win it? This is what he said he need to win it. Contract extension, facilities. I need to get the player. Check, check, check. All right, where's our natty? Now, BJ, I'm not saying they're gonna do it, but that's what we, we we're talking about, we're talking about unrealistic expectations when they're talking about the fan base and these boosters. They want a natty. I bet you some of them was living in 1939. I bet you some of them was around.
0: Just saying. Got that one, <laughs> I think step one, make it to Atlanta and not to play Georgia in a regular season game. I know that's Athens, but it could also be Atlanta, depending on if you're recruiting or not at the end of the day. Ben, we all know this. All right, moving along. Take two. Which position carries more draft value? Edge rusher or offensive tackle?
2: I think it's offensive tackle, uh, and I think it's clearly offensive tackle. I I just think, and it might have been Kevin, might have been you who said this last week, most important position is the quarterback. This guy is singularly responsible in terms of taking on these great edge rushers when it comes to protecting the quarterback. And you take Trevor Lawrence, for example. If, if, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't have time to throw, he could be the greatest quarterback prospect of all time. And I know saying he doesn't have time to throw also values and points to the importance of an edge rusher. I think they're both great, but you've got to, everything starts at the line of scrimmage. And I think if you talk about uh, even a great edge rusher, a great, a great season, and I think edge rusher might be number two in terms of non quarterbacks. But if you're talking about an edge rusher, 15 sacks, maybe you get one sack a game. That'd be an all time great season. You get uh, one sack a game. I think if you're an offensive tackle, you're preventing three, four sacks a game. And uh offensive tackles also, if you if you draft, I mean, if you luck up and get a Jonathan Ogden or an Orlando Pace, that's somebody that can play at a high level for you and just lock down one position without much volatility for a decade, a decade and a half. I mean, in an ideal world, I know this is a lot of expectation to set, but if you're Jacksonville and you draft Evan Neal, you feel like for the next 12 years you have a Pro Bowl tackle. A, a, a starting point along your offensive line. I think just historically with edge rushers, there's a little more up and down with production, where normally if you're like, you know, a big time, if you're an elite left tackle, normally if you're an elite left tackle, you are that for the totality of your career, where sometimes there's a little more up and down with edge rushers. Uh, certainly value the edge rusher. They kind of play hand in hand there, but, but I think it's I think it's OT.
1: No, I, I, I do. I love OT, but it is the edge rusher because BJ. We talking about we talking about somebody who you know longevity versus versus like you know uh, like instant success. A, a a pass rusher can change the entire dynamic of a game. There is a guy that's in the Super Bowl for the second time. His name is Von Miller. What did he do the first time? He was the MVP of the game. He was the MVP of the Super Bowl the last one he played in. Why? Because they can affect the game. One guy has to keep. One guy has to keep the quarterback clean. The other guy not only can he snipe the quarterback, strip, interception, pick, uh, you know, pick six, pick, no strip for a touchdown. And we said edge rushes, right? We said edge rushes. It's probably could have added another interior pass rushes because you got the best in the game in Aaron Donald. The last play to spin. We uh we are uh, rammed to the Super Bowl. Who got that run? Who, who got that rush on me? That would be Aaron Donald. I'm telling y'all, the guys who play quarterback and the guys who chase them are the most important. Now, BJ, you gave me two of the greatest tackles to ever do it. and Ogden. Yes, that's like everybody looking for Nick Saban Jr. Jr. He's out there. He's just on coach. I'm just saying, you are more likely to get an okay left tackle. But you get a pass rush that can affect the game, man. I mean, you talk about somebody who you can't run the ball at them because they got to be up top to stop run. And all they need is one play. Vaughn Miller made a play in the freaking NFC Championship game to get a fourth fumble against Tom Brady. I mean, momentum swings. Great tackles, you shouldn't even know who they are because they ain't that good. Probably is, they're on a bad teams. They ain't be really, really good tackles on really, really good teams. Nope, because if you're that good, you're going to a bad team because you're going high, a.k.a. Evan Neal. Where is he going? Probably going to Jacksonville, right? Gonna be real good, just like Joe Thomas was to Cleveland. You know, I think it's a pass rusher, to me, because they affect the game in so many ways, and all they need is one play. Tackles, it's a longevity thing. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the red edge rusher.
0: I, I tend to agree with BJ. I'm gonna go with tackle. Just protect the guy. I'm spending all my money on. And if we lose 38 to 35, well, that's better than losing 38 to 10 <laughs> because we can't score. We can't do. Can't do anything else. Uh, so I'm going to go tackle. I, I think it's an offensive league as well. We, we talked about this. I, I, I'd have to go back and look, but are either one of these teams in the Super Bowl in the top ten in defense? Well, to be
2: fair, the Bengals have, like, an offensive line that <laughs> that is really struggling. No, they, I understand that.
0: I understand that. I'm just saying, I, I, we've said for a number of years, the Falcons with Matt Ryan and the weapons they had, they didn't need a top ten defense. They needed what? An average defense and an offense that could function, which means what? Stand Matt Ryan up, don't let him get hit, tackle. That's, that's but you got
2: Andrew Whitworth for the Rams. He's like 40 years old.
1: Case
0: in point, he, he is me. for he is for
1: he is 40 years, old. I think he get ready to turn turn 41 years old. Shout out, a shout out. Why, to we, that man. why are
0: why we hating on the old guys? All right, we gotta, gotta move along uh, quickly.
1: Oh, 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 oh. Not old,
0: seasoned. seasoned. Okay, Very. veteran. All right, moving along. Take three quickly. The Winter Olympics, I think, set to start tomorrow. And, BJ, kind of a cool uh, subject before we get to take three, the Winter Olympics. We have had uh, Alana Pierce, Alana Myers, excuse me. I don't know where Pierce is Alana Myers on the show. She was set to be the flag bearer for Team USA, but unfortunately had to hand it over to somebody else because she got COVID, but on the Team USA, uh, team USA bobsled team in the Winter Olympics. I saw third throw that because... Yeah, awesome. She's friend, you have, uh, kind of a family friend of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played, uh, so, played AAU
2: yeah. or softball with my wife a long time ago uh, as, as, as kids. But awesome story, awesome athlete. and uh, That is not the take know.
0: three question, but I just want to throw that out there because I thought that was kind of neat um, that she was going to be the flag bearer. because, again, only one person gets to do that off of all the, uh, the winter Olympics uh, or all the Olympic athletes. Yeah, she's a superstar. And uh, so that being said, what – is your favorite winter olympic sport
2: i do like the box club uh i think the long what's it called the long jump the ski the jump, ski jump you literally go down a slide long
0: jump is what all ben right. set the junior but world that's record that's in. True. That's right That is
2: true <laughs> you go down like a you go down a water slide and jump uh, into the sky that 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 that's all i need to say oh my god speed speed skating speed skating
1: has to be up there it really really has to be up there but bj I think I think I think it is. I think it is a ski jumping because the thing about it is, I'm, I'm watching a I'm watching a grown man or a grown woman fly. They're flying through the air. The problem is, everybody's worst nightmare, which is what I gotta land this. I gotta land this thing.
2: Yeah, you're going okay. from in the sky, really high up, to on the ground. What well, is the thing? I mean. Yeah, and BJ, yeah, as BJ put it, you go down a water slide. That is a
1: water slide like I have never seen one, buddy. And then you come up, and then it's like, it's uh, And you just got the whole, you got the, it's like you got the freeze frame it for about, I don't know how far it is. It seems like it's like 200 yards. It's crazy. But the problem is, your ACLs, MCLs, PCLs, your lower extremities, they are done. Because you got to land this thing. I know what Kevin's is. At least if I do the ski jump, everybody, at least saw me try to land it. Because, Kevin, you tell them what your favorite one is because we're going to
0: definitely miss you. Now, I like the skeleton. That's not my favorite, though. I do appreciate it. That is awesome. I would love to try that one time. I may only get to do it one time, but, hey, I'd love to try it one time. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to do that. No, I, I, short, short track speed skating, for sure. I, and I like it because the te- they're going so fast, and you hand it off to the, your teammates, and it's like you're doing 50 laps on this mini rink, and they're out there just... I don't know how fast they're going. I guess 30, 35. I don't know how fast they skate. 30 miles an hour on on that ice? Just moving. I like it. They have to put their hand down to stabilize Uh, To me, that's fun. It's mesmerizing. It's soothing. I can watch it. It's my favorite Winter Olympic sport. That's take three. We'll come back. We went way over. We'll we'll chat from the Senior Bowl with our next guest, Chris Gordy, Locked On SEC Podcast here on 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here, 3 and Out. On this Thursday, glad you're making us a part of your day. Senior Bowl going on uh, this week. National Signing Day uh, yesterday, the opening day of uh, the National Signing Day in Texas A&M, uh, finishing with the number one class ahead of Georgia and Alabama. So a lot to break down there as well. Joining us from the Locked On SEC Podcast and Sports Talk 790 in Houston, Chris Gordy joins us here on Three and Out. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey man, do it pretty good. And uh, before we get to some of the stuff you're seeing there at the uh, the Senior Bowl, Jimbo Fisher, number one recruiting class ever, and then kind of coming out saying, "Look man, it's not nil, it's not money, it's all that we're out here, you know, busting hump, and we put together the best class ever." you had to, you know, run a little smack on Lane Kiffin. What do you kind of make of uh, of Jimbo yesterday in that Texas A&M recruiting class? Well,
5: first off, Jimbo's comments were a joke. I mean, you know, I thought with the NIL stuff we would get some transparency here with, you know, for years when students were paid to to go to a certain school or got a car or whatever. It had to be hush-hush. You get a, a booster, a $100 handshake. You had to keep it under wraps and all this. With the NIL, I was like, all right, well, maybe this could all come out in the open and we don't have to lie about things. Well, unfortunately – they put in a stipulation when it comes to NIL rules that, oh, you can do all the NIL deals in the world that you want with student athletes. You just can't, you know, it can't be, uh, compa- or you know, combined with recruiting. And that's where I think it's just an absolute joke because for Texas A&M to have the season that they just had with four losses, and to put together the greatest recruiting class of all time with seven five stars wanting to come there, I mean, there's no other explanation. Like, what are you selling them on, Jimbo? Like the the academics of a and the Dixie Chicken, and, you know, live music on Saturday nights. Like, let's be real. They chose AM because of the money. And for Jimbo to get up there and say, look, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, to a certain degree, you're not the one offering them money, the money, but your boosters are. your, you know, the people handling the NIL deals, the big business guys in College Station. So it's a little bit of a joke. It's very hypocritical of Jimbo to get up there and say, oh, my staff recruited these guys really hard. Yeah, I bet you did. But they also chose AM because they're getting paid.
2: So how how, how serious, I guess, is the uh, the uh, argument, the disagreement here with uh, – I, I know Jimbo Fisher talking about Nick Saban too, but I guess with Jimbo Fisher and Lane Kiffin specifically.
5: Oh, well, I love it because Lane knows, look, there's a lot of big money people with Ole Miss, but they don't have the money that A&M people have. I mean, when you talk about oiling the oil and gas, People that are Aggie alums—it's ridiculous. I mean, it's Fortune 500 companies, and you know the, their money is endless. And also think about this: the A&M fan base—they have been so hungry for a championship. I mean, the whole reason they jumped ship and came to the SEC was because they were always, you know, playing little brother to Texas. And of course, Texas broke through and won a national championship with Vince Young in 06, and then got back, uh, you know, with another one with Colt McCoy and lost to Alabama. But at least they've competed a and M a decade into the a- into the SEC they haven't even won the West they haven't even been to Atlanta they don't even know how to get to Atlanta so um you know it's it's an interesting concept in that 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 fan base is hungry they have the means they're willing to pay whatever it takes to bring in the greatest recruiting class and they think that this is going to help them and so yeah it's uh, like I said a little bit of hypocritical of, of Jimbo but look it might work I mean if all those guys pan out and they turn out to be stud players and most importantly, that they stick around for at least three, four years. This is going to work for A&M. But the only thing that you know, I, I talked to some people that in the know. What I was told was a handful of these guys were offered, uh, you know, basically a deal of five hundred, five hundred thousand dollars, half a million dollars. Now they're not getting it all up front. What I was told was you get one twenty-five your freshman year, and then each year you stay at A&M, you get another one hundred twenty-five thousand. So. It's almost like signing a contract, and, you know, if you stay at A&M, then, yeah, you'll keep making money. But, man, it's just, I, you know, that kind of money, even that the Alabamas, the Georgias, the LSUs, I just haven't heard any dollar figures on that level. Outside of, you know, Bryce Young got the million dollars last year. That's one guy, but A&M went all out for an entire recruiting class and are paying these guys big.
1: For the six a.m. team, because you know, perception is gonna have to start matching reality here soon. When you start talking about, yes, Jimbo don't like the fact that it, you know, NIL is work for him like nobody's business right now. But when the rubber meets the road, they're gonna have to find their way, or even even get a, a GPS to figure out, hey man, where is Atlanta at exactly? Because we're trying to get there.
5: Yeah, and the thing I keep talking about, guys, is you know, like, what if this back backfires on Jimbo? Like, think of it this way you just brought in a full recruiting class of guys making, you know, six figures and not all of them, but, but a good bit of them. And they're walking into a roster where largely that roster is not getting paid anything. So, you know, how do the egos mesh? Do you have guys coming in and going, well, I came here to start from day one and you know, some guys say, well, easy there partner. You're, you you know, you're not taking my starting position. So man, this could really lead to some drama and it's going to be on these coaches like Jimbo to, to manage those egos in that locker room and keep everybody happy. And, I made a bold prediction today that they had seven five-stars in this class. I made a prediction that a year from now, half those guys will be in the transfer portal. Because I just don't know if you can make it work. I don't know if you can keep everybody happy after they got paid. A lot of these kids, like Jacoby Matthews, for instance, was the number one safety in the state of Louisiana. He grew up wanting to go to LSU as recently as a few days ago. I was told he wants to go to LSU. But he chose A&M because I was told yesterday they gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. I mean, if, at the end of the day, the kid's doing what's best for him, right? He's getting the most money, but is it what's best for him when it comes to football? He dreamed of playing at LSU. He wanted to play at LSU, but at the end of the day, he's not because the money was better at A&M. And I just wonder, is that, what, is that what's best for these kids?
0: Chris Gordy, Locked On SEC Podcast, joining us here on a 3 and Out. Chris, you're at the, uh, the Senior Bowl. Is there any drama or anything uh, uh, that's causing a lot of teams to talk there this week?
5: Uh, no real drama. The, the big thing I came in to uh, senior day or, or the senior bowl was wondering what the quarterbacks would look like because, I mean, guys, we've heard it for about a year. This recruiting, you know, this draft class, oh, it's the worst quarterback draft class ever. Oh, these, these guys stink. Well, everything we've seen this week is that a lot of teams really like Kenny Pickett. A lot of teams really like Malik Willis. So, uh, I think when it's all said and done, we could say all this, but I think on draft night come April you're going to have three, four of these quarterbacks still go in the first round. Why? Because teams get desperate. Teams fall in love with a guy and say, that's our guy, let's go get him. And as we know, you know, look at Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Quarterback is the most important position on the field. So, yeah, all this talk of this quarterback class stinks, yet this week I'm hearing nothing but good things about a lot of these guys. Sam Howell's kind of been a mixed bag. Um, You know, I mentioned Malik Willis from Liberty, who uh, who started his career at Auburn. He's had some nice throws, so – That stood out to me. And then the running backs. I like what I've seen from Tyler Beatty, the Missouri running back, very versatile. I think he's climbing up some boards. Damian Pierce, the running back from Florida, had a really nice day yesterday. So, yeah, there's been a couple of guys to stand out. And uh, even the receivers. I thought Bayless Jones made some nice catches. Uh, The Tennessee receiver, dynamic return man. You know what he can do there. But as a receiver, you know, trying to play the receiver spot in the NFL, I thought he made some really good catches.
2: Chris, in your mind, uh, who is the top quarterback prospect at, at at the Senior Bowl of the guys there? It's,
5: I mean, everything we're hearing. It sounds like it's Kenny Pickett. I mean, people are just very uh, falling in love with him, and you know he's a leader. You could see it. Look, it's a Senior Bowl practice. Don't get me wrong. It's a glorified, you know, maybe a step up from a scrimmage, but I mean, he was taking control of the huddle. He's, you know, they they they're moving the change. He's pushing everybody. Let's go, let's go. I mean. You know, you're not seeing that from typical, uh, you know, guys during a Senior Bowl practice. So I think they're very impressed with him. You know, this, this BS about, you know, oh his hand size, and we got to measure his hand size. I, I hate this kind of stuff. It, it happens this time of year every year. But man, I go back two years ago. You know who else we questioned hand size on? A guy named Joseph Burrow coming out of LSU, and look where he is two years later. So I, I think we get a little bit too infatuated with. Size and arm length, Like somebody said Roger McCurry from Auburn. Oh, his, his arms are shorter than we expected. Okay, can he tackle? Can he, can he hit? I mean, I think we lose sight of what's most important sometimes and we get caught up in the minutiae.
1: And Chris, I mean, it's, you know, the Senior Bowl is obviously that that uh that bowl to where you get the, you got all those coaches out there, you know, watching those guys. You talk about Kenny Pickett and the quarterbacks, but you know, how much do these guys benefit from some of that? I was a guy that got invited to the Senior Bowl, wasn't able to go because of injury. I think about just you got Mike coming, those guys standing right there behind those guys. You can't get better evaluation because with so much talk about what he did in college, these coaches say, "Look, man, while we trust the film, I trust my eyes more. I want to see them in person."
5: Yeah, and there are a ton- I mean, every team is well represented here. I-, I came to the Senior Bowl probably about 16 years ago, and it's crazy how it's changed. You know, even back then, it was a lot of TV stations, some radio stations, and obviously scouts and coaches from all over the league. But now you've got podcasters, bloggers. I mean, you've got the, the media is times 200 now, and there's just you know the- there's literally representatives from every team that are looking at every aspect. Even had some ex-coaches out here. I-, I talked to Tom Herman was out here. I asked him what he's doing. He said he's trying to get a job. He spent last year with the Chicago Bears as an analyst and you know he's trying to get back into either the NFL or co- or, or college. Um, you know, Ed Ogeron was out here just coming to see some of the LSU guys. So there's a lot of big name coaches, not even, you know, coaching currently that are out here coming to check things out. But yeah, everything is under a microscope. And you know, I think of other things, not just the football. Yesterday, Gary Kennard, the offensive guard from uh from Kentucky, he got handled in a one on one. But as he got thrown to the ground, he got up, and the guy who, who hit him, he hit him on the helmet and said, nice job. Those things stick out in your mind because you're like, that's, you know, that's character. That guy showed, look, he got his ass beat, but he got right back up and said, hey, nice hit, I'll get you next time. And those are all things that these scouts are looking at, and you know, obviously the interviews and all those kind of things as well. But, uh, yeah, sometimes we forget it's not just about football, it's about who you are as a person too. Chris
0: Gordy, Locked on SEC podcast, our guest Best here on 3NOW. Chris, appreciate the time. Thanks so much.
5: Definitely, guys, and I encourage your listeners to go check out my podcast today. I had two good interviews with Tyler Beatty from Missouri and Zach Carter from Florida, who is a ma- a mammoth of a human being, and I encourage you guys to go check that out.
0: Absolutely we will do it. Chris Gordy joining us here on 3 and Out, uh locked-on SEC podcast, and he's there at the Senior Bowl, where obviously he said it's about more than just lining up and executing a play. Uh, there at the Senior Bowl, a lot of stuff gets done uh, there in Mobile. Game on Saturday is... Is what it is. It's the Monday through Friday stuff that matters the most. We've got a lot more to get to here on 3 and Out. Your chance to call in and register to uh, become a part of our Valentine's Day giveaway. We'll get to that coming up uh, this hour as well. Continue listening. We've got more to come. It's 3 and Out. The Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Well, I feel like we need to have a little REM uh, ready. Uh, everybody hurts for BJ. Uh, ben. Some breaking news uh, during the uh, during the commercial break. More pain for BJ Bennett. According to uh, Pro Football Focus and uh, one of their reporters, Rick Stroud, Byron Lefwich, is expected to remove himself from consideration for the Jaguars' head coaching job. So there it is. The Jaguars' search continues. Uh, Rick, Rich Basacchia, and Doug Peterson remain strong candidates for the job. But according to again, uh, Pro Football Focus, Byron Leftwich is expected to take himself out of. The head coaching search there at Jacksonville.
2: Well, the Jaguars just continue to mess this up. Uh, I mean, just I, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, what what more can you say? Byron Leftwich should be the head coach. Adrian Wilson should be the GM right now. That's what the fan base wanted. Uh, the the excitement Byron Leftwich would have brought. And look, Byron Leftwich doesn't want to deal with the nonsense. I, I I mean, doesn't want to deal with the nonsense. But so this is going to go on. I mean, we talked about a timeline. We talked about a timeline a couple of days ago when are the Jaguars going to get a head coach? Like entering the weekend. Oh, oh, oh okay. Entering the weekend. We thought <laughs> we would have more information and we have no idea. And Ben, I don't know. I, I mean, is it, When is this going to be resolved? Oh, how do y'all mess this up?
1: Do Sean, do, do Trent Malka got something on Shy Khan that we don't know. Cause it's almost like Shy Khan is afraid to let him go. He goes, I, all right, I'm gonna release, you know, these text messages. I, I, I just don't get it. Like, you need somebody that understands that understands football at the quarterback position. Check. A guy that has a proven track record as a play caller. Check. Has he played with anybody that's pretty good at quarterback? Tom Brady. Check. Well, what does he know about being a number one overall pick? I think he was the last. I think he was the first number one overall pick at quarterback for the Jags in their history. I'm just saying, BJ, It's listen, we keep on talking about Balky. It's shot Khan. Shah Khan. Tomlin, Urban Meyer, Chris Doyle, Trent Baalke. I'm noticing a pattern of bad decision-making here. And I can't stand this, too. People go, he's a billionaire. And? And? He
2: didn't make his billions for being the Jags owner? No. He but, bopped the I mean, ben, ben. We've talked about uh, you know this with a couple of different guests. If you're in the locker room, right? Because Jacksonville, you have a young star quarterback. You have a ton of free agency, uh, uh cap space. You have cap space. Yeah, you have a ton of cap space. You have. And I'm going to write this down at some point, so I don't. But you have five. I think it's the top 75. Some days I say yeah. 70. You have five very high draft. How pace, about that? There including we go. Including the number one overall pick, and you're just messing everything up. I mean, what's your reaction if you're on the team in the locker room?
1: That uh, that that uh, you got fans that got clown faces for the for the owner. Because I'm telling you, BJ, it's everything, right? It's everything. The Jacksonville Jaguars are in a division that they can compete right now, right now. Because no one's scared of Ryan Tannehill. Carson wins. I'm sorry, he gonna get hurt. He gonna throw a pick. And Houston is Houston, right? I'm just, I'm, I'm I'm just saying. Sometimes you say to yourself, "Hey, man, what about the fifth three-man roster? What about them? You don't care about you know the morale or the confidence or the psyche of those players? No." But Trevor Lawrence been hanging out with Gardner Minshew. What? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's bad. It's bad. And I tell people this all the time. The hardest thing to do in the National Football League is to win consistently. It's even harder when you got to, when you got a guy like Trent Baalke. Or, let me stop saying Trent Baalke. You got a guy like Shai Khan. Because think about this, BJ. He's the same owner that want to go to London. He literally want to be the London Jazz. <laughs> people used to laugh at that, right? Every good organization has a front office that understands if you cannot resonate with the guys that – the product of the 53-man roster, that is your product. But that front office – if Trent Baalke make all the decisions, just imagine the people that got to work with him up there. Just just imagine the secretary and player personnel. Because if he is the best we got, and these people got to show up every day – the fact that Trent balky key still work bothers me. He 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 should have been gone, man. I'm I'm sorry. You're not serious about running an organization when Trent Baalke has a has a has a, has, the, has, the, has has the biggest voice in that building right now, Mister Khan. Never
2: mentioned.
0: No, I mean, well, like, I mean, It's obviously mean, true because I mean, again, Byron, you had not, and I shouldn't keep I've been much like you. I shouldn't keep saying it's Byron Leftwich. You had multiple head coaching guys say, "Look, I'm interested. Don't want to work with that guy." Not interested in working with that guy if he's going to be the GM. And now he's taking his name out of the search altogether. So publicly, anyways, and say what you want about uh, the Rams offensive coordinator, publicly you could be down to what, choice five? If you take Rich it, Versace the or Doug Peterson
2: coordinator becoming the head coach yeah, so, of the Vikings. So he's
0: take he probably take the Vikings so you're down to choice at the at the at the least choice 5, right? Cuz 3 or 4 guys have already either pulled out we were no, saying going we were saying last
2: week, right? Can you go through the senior bowl? I don't know a couple of uh franchises are but can you go through the senior bowl with no head coach because you're evaluating not only for the number 1 overall pick, but again, five of the top whatever picks, you have you are arguably the most prominently placed team in terms of the you know the first couple of rounds, and I, I know a few teams have two first-round picks, but you're one of the most prominently placed teams in the draft. You're going to the Senior Bowl with no coach. I mean, now we're talking about, I, I mean, I guess you could have a hire tomorrow, but now are, are you going into next week? Are you getting into mid-February yeah. without a head coach? And Cam, to go yeah. back to something you said, uh, uh, either earlier in the week or last week, this might be the most important offseason in Jaguars history. And – you've gone over 40 days without a head coach and you were the first franchise to move on from your head coach, understandably so. And now you're, are you going to be the last team to hire a head coach? Are you going to go 50 <laughs> days? Is this a 50 day coaching search? Is it a two month coaching search? I mean, how do you get prepared and, and have a philosophy for, again, Cam, to your point, maybe the most important off season in franchise history is, when you don't have a coach and Byron left, this is just such a. The Jaguars, the, the Jaguars keep messing everything up. I mean, uh, Kevin, what
1: more can you say? It's awful. The fact that the fact that when you when you type in Urban Meyer, it says former Jaguars head coach. <laughs> I mean, that that that's that's all you need to know. It's there are certain things when it comes to business that aren't conducive for winning in a winning environment. Now you, now toxic toxic environments. Yes, I've seen it right now. Chris Doyle would only get, he's only going to get hired by one organization if Trent look look if Trent Balky get another job never met him I'm just saying I'm just talking about what he's done for the Jags
0: what is it like I don't I don't get it shouldn't be general manager but again I I, I think as you said the Jags have done horror again they might be in contention to try to become the worst run franchise in the NFL competing with Cleveland uh, there's, I mean, I I don't know what else you, you can you say.
2: I mean, I don't know what else you can I say. Think Cleveland's way more. Uh, yeah, I
0: mean, you have guys that want the job who are taking their name out because you fumbled this thing up so bad. We got more to come. Still have your chance to uh, register for our Valentine's Day giveaway. Keep listening. We're going to do that. Uh, when we come back, it's three now on the Southern Pigskin. Valentine's Day coming up. Want to be the Valentine's Day hero? We got a way to hook you up. If you win our Valentine's Day giveaway. A night, two-night stay at the Weston on Jekyll Island, and a trip to the Milan Day Spa in Savannah. So you get a nice staycation and a little uh, pampering package there as well at the Milan Day Spa. So everybody comes out looking like a winner on Valentine's Day. Christian, would you? Are you trying to win as well? Well, I was just going to ask. I mean, Kevin, you are happily married, and I am. Yes, you have two young boys. I do. What? What's your secret? Obviously, I had some romantic. Uh, Inclinations at some point. You had some game twice. at at least twice, yes. Not twice. (laughs) Every other time I was unsuccessful. No, um (laughs) I need to eject from this. (laughs) What's what's your secret? Uh uh, man, how about this baseball gonna come back? win the world? Bit Ben, how many children do you have? I have three. So I mean, so three times
4: you had some game, what's your secret?
1: I mean, uh I I don't know if it was game. I think uh look, you know, my three my three little ones, I mean I would never do anything better than that, but it, it ain't the game, Christian. I mean, thank God for sympathy. Uh thank God for feeling sorry for people, you know, and, and I'm talking about me. Hey, I appreciate I appreciate you know, sometimes- so for the
2: for the fellas out there, yes this this package that we're giving away yes. could potentially help. Yes. Oh, okay. oh,
1: oh listen, oh you you ain't you ain't getting much better than this, Christian. And and this thing, if you win it. And you know, for giving cars and candy, boy, you gonna have to step up after
2: 2020. Flip it <laughs> around. Flip around. What if your significant other was to give this to you? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I love, I love a day at the spa. Listen,
1: listen, just know this right now: as long as this has no kids involved, I will try to sleep for 48 hours.
0: So yeah. So what we got to do is we got to get folks. Uh, you got to get you registered. We're gonna have the drawing next week, uh, the 11th, uh, next Friday. So. Give us a call right now, and we tell you 912 342 7184. 912 342 7184. Give us a shout. Let us know you want to be in as a part of our Valentine's Day giveaway. We're taking those registrations, and you can win the two night stay at the Weston Jekyll Island and that package to the Milan Day Spa in Savannah. Call right now. Get your name registered for that package. Our Valentine's Day giveaway we will give you multiple opportunities to do that, but call now and get in and win. Good to have you back here, 3 and Out, on this Thursday. Kevin, BJ, and Ben, glad you're with us. Thanks for making us a part of your day. National Signing Day yesterday. Georgia just cleaning up again. And joining us here from Dogs HQ, part of the On3.com network, Jake Roos joins us here on 3 and Out. Jake, welcome. How are you?
4: Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me.
0: I appreciate it. And, And, again, early signing day was good for... For Georgia, but I think day two, or the the regular signing day, was pretty good for Kirby Smart and company as well.
4: Yeah, uh, you know, really hard to complain about this finish if you're the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, You know, not just a ton of spots left, but you close with uh, two of your longtime commits in Dylan Bell and Darius Smith. Obviously, uh, Jordan James flips over to Oregon. He was a longtime commit. But you're able to offset that with the pickup of a, a guy who's really burst onto the scene in running back Andrew Paul. Uh, and then you go into uh, the state of Georgia, you want to keep your guys home. They're able to do that with Kristen Miller and EJ Lightsey, uh both tremendous players. Um, really just could have drawn it up much better for Kirby Smart and the guys.
2: Jake, how does this class compare to uh, some of the recent Georgia recruiting classes? You know, it's
4: strong. Uh, I, I don't know that it's at quite the same level. I think that uh certainly you have to uh, consider, you know, just how great some of these groups have been. Um, you know, I think that uh from a defensive back standpoint it's absolutely outstanding. I, I don't think you could have done much better there. Um, you know, I think probably the same is true when you're talking about um, you know, just the defense as a whole. I mean, to go in and finish with Kristen Miller, to go along with guys like uh Bear Alexander who's already in place. I mean You feel really good about that. Uh, Overall, you know, I think that Georgia did a great job of identifying their needs and addressing their needs in this class. Uh, it It should pay dividends down the road. Jake, I mean,
1: obviously with this current class, are there anybody in this class that could be key contributors in 2022?
4: Yeah, you know, I mean, I think there's a couple of guys. I think that, uh, you know, that that, that there's, uh, you know, uh, certainly the guy I'm looking at first run is probably Malachi Starks. I mean, I think that he's a guy who you feel like uh, can come in, make an impact early in his Georgia career, um, you know, get a chance to uh, possibly – you know, get a run at safety, and, and he's got enough athleticism and enough upside to him that he can get in there and, uh, you know, be in, in contention early. They're going to need some guys on that back end, certainly. Uh, you know, replacing Lewis Thien, not going to be an easy task, wouldn't be for e- any team, uh, but a guy like Malachi Stark can go a long way to addressing that.
0: We've heard a lot of folks talk about, uh, in regards to recruiting, especially when we talk about these top classes and you start getting loaded up. Uh, with talent like Georgia certainly has under, uh, under Kirby Smart, is how many of these guys have to come in and play early simply to try to keep them from the transfer portal, which has become such a huge part of, of college football?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, it, there's no question that it's, it's a big consideration. I mean, it's something that everybody's up against, and uh, you know, that's not just a Georgia specific thing. I mean, every team's having to deal with that same notion. You know, a lot of these guys will be uh, looking for early playing time, but I, I think to a degree, too, you know, Kirby Smart does a good job of, uh, you know, kind of selling these guys on this idea and, and making it clear and abundantly clear, I think, through practices that, you know, this is a situation where you're going to have to earn your spot. You're going to have to earn your time. I think the fact that they've set that precedent is really compelling for a lot of kids. I think that uh, they really can appreciate that and, and kind of lean into that. I think that's why a lot of kids ultimately end up choosing Georgia, to be honest with you.
2: Defensively, Georgia's been the standard in college football. Uh, I know some pundits have said, hey, this is one of the best defensive classes we've ever seen. Uh, how how loaded is the talent on that side of the ball especially?
4: Huge. I mean, it's just massive when you're talking about the additions that they made there. Uh, you know, I think they brought in three tremendous inside linebackers, and you're losing three tremendous ones, right? And Kobe Dean, Quay Walker, and Channing Tyndall. You go get Jalen Walker, CJ Washington, and now E. J. Lightsey to kind of fill that middle out. Uh that's been such a crucial area for Georgia. They've had so much success there. Uh Glenn Schumann's done a fantastic job in developing the talent he's brought in as well. That's massive for them. Like I said, the back end of that defense, five defensive backs, all of them four stars or better, three five stars in this group, including a top ten player. Then you get up front, and you're looking at guys like Michael Williams. Uh, Kristen Miller and uh, and Barry Alexander, um, you know it, it's it's an absolutely tremendous group on that side of the ball, uh, and and they've got to be you know, completely thrilled with it.
1: With Kirby Smart out there on the recruiting trail saying, listen, man, we're the defending national champions. And to be able to say that now with what Alabama's doing, what Texas a and just did in the recruiting side, Clemson the different schools, how much better is that going to make the product on the field, Jay? Because as we both know, one, they want to come to Georgia to win. But obviously, you know, putting those guys in the National Football League, you know, that doesn't hurt either.
4: Yeah, no, that's huge. I mean, between the national championship, <clears throat> I, I'll say this, between the national championship win and then what George is probably about to do in this NFL draft, you can look for a big summer ahead. I, I think a big summer and a big fall because Georgia's, the one knock that maybe kids have had is, you know, George's draft resume hasn't been the greatest in maybe the past 10 years. You've seen that start to change under Kirby Smart this is the class that's really going to help take that to the next level. I firmly believe that. I think it will happen, and I think it's going to be a really compelling uh, sell for a lot of kids moving forward.
0: Jake Roos, Dogs HQ, joining us here on 3 and Out. And, and, Jake, obviously you spin it forward to spring ball. Some guys, as you mentioned, have early enrolled, but what are the early storylines story now post-signing day as you turn towards spring ball here in, what, a, a little bit more than a month?
4: Well, I'm sure everybody's going to be looking at the quarterback situation. I mean, that's going to be no different from last year. Uh, certainly, now you know, you've got a situation where, uh, you know, uh, Stetson Bennett is returning off of the national championship. How far has Brock Vandegrift progressed? You know, is uh, Gunnar Stockton maybe the player that people think he is? Can he do the things people think he do? He can do? And does Carson Beck somehow factor into this? Uh, you know, I think that those are all big considerations. When you're talking about that running back room, you know, a guy like, uh, uh, how, how do some of these young guys start to factor in? You know, does, is Kendall Milton ready to take that step forward and be that lead guy? Or is it Kenny McIntosh? How does Dejan Edwards factor into this? Uh, you know, who steps forward at receiver and can they help? Can they keep these guys healthy? Um, you know, there's there's a lot to talk about when it comes to this Georgia team moving into this spring season, uh, but certainly I, I think that that's, uh, that's what you want. Uh, as Kirby says, pressure's a privilege. Georgia's got a lot of pressure on them coming off of that national championship win. I guarantee you he wouldn't have it any other way.
2: Jake, will uh, the loss of Dan Lanning at defensive coordinator to Oregon change things at all schematically on defense? <laughs> Uh, You know, I don't
4: anticipate that. I I think that they feel really comfortable about what they've got there. Uh, You know, the guys that they have in place as well. Um, You know, uh, a guy like Glenn Schumann, you know, obviously a great defensive mind, and a guy like uh, uh, Will Muschamp, you know, kind of running as co-DC. I I think both of those guys are going to be very impactful, and they're going to be able to continue over that same success. I I think that they're not going to try to uh, fix what isn't broken, and so uh, I, I look for Georgia to continue very much on the same path.
1: And, I mean, even, you know, even getting back to Kirby Smart, uh, Jake, I mean, the thing about it, being obviously he finally got the national championship. He can kind of breathe a little bit. He's still doing it in the recruiting trail. But if you are a position coach, coach, I mean, you know, under Kirby Smart, you got to be looking at your chops saying, look, man, I go out here and handle my business. I'm going to be next up for a head coaching opportunity.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's just the nature of the business, and, and I really don't think that that's a negative thing. You know, that, that makes this a destination job, and with destination jobs, uh, you know, comes, you know, young, hungry, talented guys uh, who are going to put the work in and, you know, have those goals in mind. Kirby Smart's got a a heck of a coaching tree already under him at Georgia uh, with some of the guys that have gone on and had success. Mel Tucker, Sam Pittman, uh, obviously Shane Beamer as well. I mean, you know, there's a couple guys now, Dan Lanning, who've gone on and and really, uh, you know, kind of reshape things, and I think that that's really big. Uh, You know, like I said, to me, there's no downside to that whatsoever. Yes, you've got to be able to replace those guys. They've done a fantastic job of that to this point. And, you know, uh, that's that's the uh, old Nick Saban model. You're you're never going to be rebuilding, always just reloading.
0: And, again, Georgia certainly uh, doing that. Jake Roos, our guest here, Dogs HQ. Jake, appreciate the time. Thanks so much.
4: Hey, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it.
0: appreciate it. Jake Dogs HQ. Uh, joining us is Georgia wrapping up another successful signing day. And as he said, BJ, the quarterback room, I'm sure if you pulled all 130 schools, what, 100 of them? The most interesting topic in the spring is going to be what's going on in that quarterback room. But certainly at Georgia, you got some highly touted guys. You have a returning guy who just won the national championship and some guys, well, you know JT Daniels is going to be there for spring but is going to transfer, and another guy that might be looking to transfer.
2: Yeah, look, you have a lot of talented guys at quarterback, uh, but 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 Stetson Bennett. I mean, come on, uh, you, you win the national championship. You're the you're the MVP of the semifinal game offensively and the championship game. You finish in the top five uh, in the country in in passer rating. I mean, he's one of the top returning quarterbacks in in college football, uh, and I think he he probably expects to be better coming up this fall. He'll have Brian McClendon coming in to help him get to that uh, next step, but. But yeah, spring practice, uh, Ben, right around the corner, not that far away.
1: Yeah, it should be exciting, BJ. Look, I mean, the Stetson Bennett thing, people need to get over it. I mean, if everybody, if anybody was better than him, they would be playing right now. And Kirby Smart, I mean, let's face it. People say, hey, man, what did he really take away from uh from Nick Saban? Nick Saban used to win without great quarterback play. Good quarterback play. Wasn't great quarterback play. I think Stetson Bennett is the guy for the job, BJ. And if he's not, one of these young guys, you know, uh, take his spot. But, I just think what the season he just had, look for look, 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 for, uh, look for Stenson to be under center in 2022.
0: Well, we've got more to come here on this Thursday. It's three and out. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio, streaming live at ESPNCoastal.com. With us, and again, don't forget we have your chances to register to win our Valentine's Day giveaway. Come in like a big-time hero here on Valentine's Day. Two-night stay at the Westin, Jekyll Island. Also a trip to the Milan Day Spa in Savannah, so a nice Valentine's Day package. We're going to take your calls each day on the show for your chance to register to win. We're going to do a drawing next Friday, the 11th, not tomorrow, next Friday, the 11th, and give away that package. But keep listening all throughout three and out uh, tomorrow, next week, for your chance to uh, to call in and register, get registered to win that great prize. A, uh, I mean, I wish I could win, quite frankly, but I can't.
2: No, you're the expert already. You don't need any help. <laughs> I didn't say I was an expert.
1: Kevin, Kevin, no, Kevin has said some stuff today on the show. Kevin has said, listen, man, I... I got to go. He got to go home later. And well, BJ, if Kevin if Kevin knocking on your door, well, you know what happened with the miss.
2: <laughs> well, he's already getting messages during the show. I mean, you,
0: I got, we can confirm that, right? Multiple retort messages. Yes, she told me I was lying earlier, and then she was like, "You do do some nice things that most people probably wouldn't consider overly romantic." I'm like, "Hey, you know."
1: Oh, okay, give me a little love. Every little one, every
0: funny. once in a while, you know. I'm not every saying it's everyday every
1: once, once in a while, the missus will move a decimal over to say, listen, you're going to spend a couple of dollars. <laughs>
0: See, ben knows, ben knows exactly how it works, man. So, again, keep listening for your chance. We had a great uh, prize that we're giving away. Again, 2 nights stay, in Jekyll Island, and then you get that uh, package to the Milan Day Spa in uh, Savannah. Going to be a whole lot of fun. And, again, we'll let you know when to call in. And and get registered up for your chance to uh, to win that package. And again, try to come through big on Valentine's Day. I mean, we're easy, you know. Just hey, here's a Reese's cup. Hi, hey, I'm good. Thank hey, you. Love me, right? I'm Reese's saying,
1: a Reese, like a Reese, a Reese cup in the shape of a heart. Yeah, that's
0: it. <laughs> a or one of those things they were? Was I don't know if it was was the Halloween they were doing it where you could buy like a Reese's cup, like. Pie and it was like, like forty. A, like it was like cake? forty dollars and it was like this big. I would nobody can see that unless you're watching it on the screen. But it's like, you know, the size Valentine's, of an actual Valentine's pie.
1: Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is the Super Bowl of cookie cakes because they're gonna be going. Oh, like listen, cookie, cookie cakes, cakes. are. Uh, Jim Johnson, producer Jim, was a it's connoisseur the of the cookie cake, cakes. cakes. It's the it's the Super Bowl of cookie cakes. Fourteenth of February.
0: Absolutely. So we're excited to be giving that away. Listen, and we'll tell you when to call in and get registered to uh, get involved to win that prize. And it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to make somebody look like the champ on Valentine's Day. I'm making sure the, the cushions are nice and fluffy on the couch. Got a blanket out there just in case I have to get shunned. <laughs> <laughs> but, at least, hey, at least you got the TV out there. You know, you got all, you got all the, the, the nice, creature a Nice
1: TV out there.
0: Oh, yeah, you got you the know? TV. You oh, got the, the refrigerator still out there. It's like, you know. Now
1: you got to find a remote. Just got to find a remote.
0: With two kids, that is... BJ, probably, you probably know how this is. Like, my kid... Like, I, I kid you not. Came home one day. I said, hey, where's the remote so I could turn up the volume on the little soundbar thing? And this is what I got. Oh, we threw it. I said, excuse me? They're like, yeah, we threw it. Uh, Where? Over there somewhere. They have no idea where it is. I And so... You have that. I
2: also have this with my TV, where I don't know how to work like the most of the controls. Anyway, yeah. well, th- they'll change settings on my TV where I I I don't know how to, like I, I don't know how to get out of this app. Yeah, I don't well, know how to change this channel. I don't know how to get I, the I, words off. I understand I don't know that. How to turn it up.
0: And I will say this. I, I since we lost the re- the volume remote uh, for the TV, Ben, I had to go out and I had to get one of those nineteen eighty five remotes. If if universal you,
1: remote.
0: Yeah, no, no it's, no, it's it's 1985. It's called Sun. Get up and turn it up. Oh. That's where, that's what I have to do. It's like, hey, go turn that up a little bit. And he's like, why do I have to do it? I was like, did I throw the remote and lose it? Nope. Get up and go turn the TV up. Be in. Oh, it is. It's got it's a remote with it's legs.
2: 1985
0: remote. Yeah, back well, you didn't have remotes in 1985. You had to, you ever you weren't a lot, you weren't really in function. Dad said, get up, turn a channel. That was the that was the back in the olden days. They have hey. remotes in '85. Not in my house. We had to get up and go turn it. We'll see you tomorrow. Don't turn the channel. Stay tuned. We got hawks coming up a little bit later. This is three and out all across the southern pigskin radio network. Hit us up on Twitter at pigskin.